Oh. <laughs> well, I want to welcome everyone to Emmanuel. My name is Danny, and uh, so excited to be talking to you today. It's the first weekend of a brand new year. Everybody excited about the brand new year? Yeah, great time. This series is, uh, that we're starting today is called Reboot. You ever, had to, you ever have to reboot your computer or your phone or something else to kind of get it started because it was giving you problems? Ever happened to you? Yeah. Uh, the other day I was uh, in my office and our, our uh, IT guy, his name is Jesse Pearson, uh, he, over, he oversees our whole IT department. He is our IT department, it's Jesse. Uh, he walked in there and I was, my computer was acting up and doing some, th- some things, slowing down. And, and so I asked him to kind of get in there and kind of update some stuff. And I'm, I'm one of those people that never updates anything. So there's always updates on there waiting to happen. And so getting, things getting bogged down. And so he does some updating and he says, hey, you need to shut down some of your documents and uh, I need to reboot your computer. And so sure, I, I saved some of my documents. And so he, he added some things and refreshed some things, updated some things shut the computer down, and when he brought it back to life, it was like a brand new computer. I was like, wow, this, my email was different, everything was functioning quicker, and it was just, I thought, isn't that how life can be sometimes? Sometimes we need to shut things down, add some things, tweak some things, and literally reboot our life. Do you, do you believe that you can improve your life this year in 2016? How many of you believe that? Maybe by maybe 1%. Oh, there's a lot of optimistic people here, right? Glass half full people. I like that. These are the 11 15ers right here. Very optimistic people. You've had your extra sleep, okay? You're excited. Um, 9 15 was so so. A couple of hands went up. <laughs> and Saturday night, everybody's drunk, so nobody's listening. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, but you're optimistic. You're, that's not true at all. I just don't know where that came from. Sorry. Love, love Saturday night, folks. They're, they're incredible. Um, but <clears throat> you believe that you can improve your life. And, and, and I believe that too. Even if it was just a 1% improvement, wouldn't that be cool? 2, 2% would be great. 5% would be incredible. Can you imagine a 5% improvement in your relationships or, or in your finances or your physical health or, or some, your spiritual life? That would be incredible. I'd take a, over time, year after year, a 5% increase or improvement. That would be incredible exponential growth personally. And so really kind of that's the idea behind this series. We want to kind of give you a challenge and get your year started off right and reboot your life. Now every time I do a series like this, which is often uh, every year I try to do something similar to, to what we're doing this year, I do get a little bit of criticism. The criticism is this. Man, you sound like one of those self-development guys, you know, uh, you know, giving you positive, you know, talks and, you know, self-help you know, stuff. And, 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 you know, there's some, there's some valid truth to that. There's some criticism there. Because what I am going to be talking about is helping you to improve your life in some very practical ways. Um, and so this series is going to be about you as an individual. But on the other side of that coin, this series is also not going to be about you. You say, well, what, how, how can it be about me and not about me? Well, here's how. See, as, as people of faith, as people who have said, hey, I'm a Christ follower, I want to try to follow Jesus in my life, you know that the story is really not about you. Am I right? It's like, you're not the main character in this story. You're not Frodo, right, in the middle. You're not, you're not, the, you know, you're not the main character. Who's the main character? The main character is the Messiah, this baby we talked about over the Christmas break, the Christmas series, this baby that comes, he is the main character. In fact, in fact, if you take the word history and you break it down into two words, you get his story that you get to be a part of. 
And so if you're a note taker, I want you to see this truth right here, that God really has created you to partner with him to fulfill his will. You are, you are a part of the story. You're just not the main character. So this series is going to be about you, but it's not going to be about you. <laughs> it's going to be about what God wants to do in this world and, he, and what he wants to do through you, how he wants to partner with you. You know, the prayer that is often labeled the Lord's Prayer, which is not the Lord's Prayer at all. It's our prayer. It's the prayer we pray. It's the prayer Jesus said, I want you to pray this. And the second part of that verse, it's, it's incredible. He, God reveals this plan. We're to pray this every day as people of faith. Your kingdom come. In other words, Jesus, you are in charge. The kingdom implies there's a king. Somebody has the authority, and it's not me. It's you. And I want your kingdom to come. In other words, I want your will to be done. The things that you would like to see happen on earth, that's what I would like to see happen on earth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in a such a way that, that, that you would use my life to bring about your will on earth as it is in heaven. See, now in heaven, everything goes the way God wants it to go. Do you agree with this? There's no sin in heaven. Heaven is per this perfect place. Everything goes the way God wants it to go, but not yet on earth. And so that's you, what you and I are here to do is to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. So that makes us part of the story, but not the main character of the story. Now, if you remember back in middle school, or high school, remember you used to, every now and then your teacher would make you do group projects? You'd have to get together with like four or five other students and work on some science thing or some book thing or whatever. It's kind of lame. And, and uh, remember there was always one kid in the, in the group that just was dead weight. <laughs> they didn't do anything. And so you had to kind of pull that person along because they didn't care about their grade and they didn't care about your grade. Do you remember this person? Were you this person? That person would manipulate the situation a little bit to try, to try to get in the smartest kid's group because he knew that the smartest kid really wanted a good grade and the smartest kid was willing to do not only his work but also the work of, of him, of the other person. And he said, how do you know that? Because I was that kid, not the smart one. <laughs> I was the one who got real close to the smart one so that I could be in their group. So I didn't have to do anything. Now, I've grown up since then. And I don't want to be the dead weight anymore in my partnerships. I don't want to be the person that's being dragged. Oh, man, if we could just get this guy's act together. I don't want to be that guy in a partnership with God where God is saying to the Son, to the Spirit, and the Trinity, they're having this conversation. If we could just get Danny Anderson in shape, we could get something done. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Do you want to be that partner that's dead weight? No. See, the, in the story, we play a role, and I don't want to be dead weight. I don't think you want to be dead weight. I think you and I want to be the best possible partner we can be to achieve God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Am I right? Yes or no? Yeah, so that's really what this series is all about. It's about you, but it's not about you. I love the way the Apostle Paul explained it in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. He said, God, or Jesus, gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, watch this, to make us his very own people, and here's the purpose. This is so important that you get this. Totally committed to doing good works. Jesus saved us, not so that we could just go to heaven when we die. Unfortunately, Christianity has been reduced to this idea that you pray this prayer, you have your sins forgiven, and when you die, you go to heaven. That's, that's part of it, but there's so much more to it. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us from all of our sin, to make us his children, so that we could, right now, before we die, be totally committed to doing, say it with me, good deeds. Now, what's a good deed? A good deed is any activity that God leads you to do to bless somebody else's life. 
Let me say that again. A good deed is anything that the Holy Spirit says, do this, and I want you to do it so that this person over here could be blessed by it. It could be giving money to someone or sending an encouraging note to somebody or watching somebody's kids or making somebody a meal or raising a family or serving your spouse or whatever. It's, it's any activity that the God is leading you to do to be a blessing to other people. I love the way Dallas Willard explained it in his book, Divine Conspiracy. He said this, caught up in his active rule, because that's what a kingdom, a kingdom is active, okay? God, Jesus is the king. He has a will. He wants to do certain things. You and I are caught up in his active will. Our deeds, the things that we do, become an element in God's eternal history. That is the offer of Christianity, that you and I could be caught up in God's rule, and the things that we do are part of the story. Again, we're not the main character. We're just a character, in his story. Now watch what he continues and he says, they are, our deeds, they are what God and we do, watch this, together. Isn't that amazing? God wants to partner with you and do things together, making us part of his life and him part of ours. That is the offer of Christianity. If you haven't read The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, and it's a bit of a thick book and it's a bit philosophical, but it is a fantastic read. And it gives you a picture of what Christianity is really all about. Good deeds. Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said, for we are God's handiwork, literally are a masterpiece, a work of art created in Christ Jesus to do what? For what? Good works. What's this? Which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, he saved you, not just to go to heaven when you die, but so that you can do things in this world to be a blessing to other people. Now, why aren't we doing more good deeds? Well, there's lots of reasons. Well, you know, some of us just don't want to. <laughs> We're just concerned about ourselves. We live in a selfie culture. It's self, 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 right? We really don't care about other people that much. Some of us feel like we don't really have any skills to, to offer other people. Like, what could I do? How could I be a blessing to somebody else? What could God possibly want to do for me? What kind of partner am I? I have nothing to offer, right? There's lots of reasons why we're not doing the good deeds that we want to, but I believe there's a big reason that we can actually solve today that will help us to find these good deeds and perform them and be a great partner with God. And that, and that problem is simply a lack of energy. Tell me let, me, let me, let me, let me see if you've ever said this to yourself. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I could volunteer more at church. I, I would really love to give more of my time maybe to the poor downtown Indianapolis or something like that. I mean, I sure wish I'd like to be able to bless people more, but I'm just so exhausted with my, the little things I have to get done every day, like work and dinner and cleaning things up and running groceries and errands, all these different things. I don't have any time to do anything extra, any good deeds that I would really like to do because I am simply exhausted. You ever been there? See, I believe that Americans in general are out of energy. Let me ask you a few questions, because some of you might not be thinking, oh, not me, I've got plenty of energy. Really? Do you go to bed at night and wake up, and you're still tired? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. Are there certain times during the day where people really shouldn't be around you? <laughs> because you're irritable? I don't know, say 2 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 8 in the morning. Don't go near her. You might get your head bitten off. Are there certain times of the day where you're just in a fog? You just don't know where you are. Can't think straight. <laughs> you might be exhausted. You might be out of energy. Have you gained weight? And if you have gained weight, do you have trouble losing it? You can't even figure out how to lose it. You might be totally exhausted and out of energy. 
Have you lost your sense of humor? You were once funny, now you're not. <laughs> could, it could be that you're, just, you're done, you're toast, you're, you're out of energy. Do you get sick easily? I mean, do you always have something going on in your sinuses or your chest or some, some type of sickness? You could, be, you, could be to, you could be totally run down and that's why you keep getting sick. You are exhausted and out of energy. You always crave sweets? Just everything, every meal, you have to have something sweet after it. You're always looking for something sweet during the day, after at night. My wife makes these incredible things called Oreo balls. Have you ever had one? She got the recipe from someone. She basically crunches up all these Oreos and mixes them up in her big, her big thing in the kitchen. What's that thing called? Yeah, you, you, some of you ladies have one. You guys, I mean, it's amazing. It just crunches it up. And it turns the Oreos into like this gooey brown awesomeness. And, and, and then she melts chocolate and puts them in balls and puts the chocolate on them, and then she puts them in the freezer. And, and, and usually, you, it's, a, it's a miracle. This Christmas season, I only had one. Now, that's miraculous, because usually it's like one or two a day for the whole Christmas season. You know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I the only one? No? Okay. <laughs> sweets. Do you crave sweets all the time, right? Because you just need a little surge of uh, you know, energy or whatever. Do you struggle with depression and discouragement? could be that you're exhausted. It could be that you're just simply out of energy. Do you struggle to stay committed to the things that you said you would, you would commit to? And, and are you up and down on your commitments? could be that you're out of energy. Do you consistently look to stimulants to get through the day? What do I mean by stimulants? Nicotine, it's a stimulant. Smoke break. Uh, caffeine is the big one, right? It's just a, it's just a stimulant. It's a pseudo you know, form of energy. Did you know that Americans drink 400 million cups of coffee a day? 400 million, it's, it's wild, you know? Uh, that's 146 billion in a year. Hello, billion with a B. Yeah, I, just, I did a little research on the five-hour energy drink. This is interesting, the guy, the guy who invented these is a billionaire now, really nice guy. There's a documentary on YouTube you can find. Uh, he's actually using his billions of dollars to create products to help the world, so he's not, he's not like a jerk or anything, but he's just, he's a really great guy, but he, man, he killed it with this. $3.99, $2.99, four ounces, you know, lasts for five hours, people swear by it. Um, last year, seven million a week were sold in America. Seven million a week. This year, this year, nine million a week. That's up two million. You know, and, and if you don't like the regular, you can always get the five-hour extra strength. <laughs> really? Shouldn't it say six-hour then? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a little confused. I'm not. I had two of these before this talk, so we'll see if it works. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did resist, actually. I haven't had... I haven't had any. But if you're consistently looking to stimulants to get through your day, whether it's sugar or caffeine or nicotine or something else like that, man, you might be totally out of energy. This is not God's plan for us. We're not, we're not to, to, to struggle just to get through in, in a day just to, just to do the, what we need to do to survive. God has only, not only planned good works for you to do, he's also planned a way for you to have enough energy to do those good works if we would just follow it. The reason we don't, we don't have the energy that we need is we're not following his plan to have that energy. You know, about seven years ago, I went to a pastor's conference. It was a small group of pastors, about 18. And some of you know Pastor Bill Hybels. He's got a really 
awesome church in Chicago, and, and he has a passion to pour his life into, into, into uh, pastors' lives and kind of train them. And so it was this two-day leadership intensive where pastors of larger churches could go and learn higher levels of leadership training, and I was so excited about it. And uh, we went there, and we, we, you know, the first session was amazing. We talked about vision. We talked about how important that is for your church. And then in the second session, I'll never forget it, we're sitting there in a circle, about 18 pastors, and just all focused. We've all got our pens out. We're taking notes. We're soaking this stuff up. And this guy named Jack Gropple steps up to kind of give us the second session that we were there. And I'm like, well, who is this guy? Who, who's Jack Gropple? I've never heard of him or anything. And he starts, he, he starts off by saying this. He actually wrote a book called The Corporate Athlete. I went and bought it after that. I've had it for like seven years now. Anyway, he says, how many of you pastors would like to have 30% more energy, 30 to 50% more energy to lead your churches? And as soon as he said that, I was like, dude, I take 10%. 30%. He said, he, then he said, do you think that you'd be more effective as a pastor and as a leader if you had 30 to 50, 50% more energy? Yep. And I was dialed in. And then for the next hour, he went through all the ways that the, how the body works and how the body actually uh, uh, it works when it comes to energy. What, what are the scientific pathways? Of course, that's God's ways as well because he created the body where we can have maximum energy. And I was taking notes like crazy, and I went and bought the book. And, and for the last seven years, I haven't done it perfectly. Please hear me, okay? But for the last seven years, I've been trying to, and working those systems, and what I have seen in my life is a surge in energy. And so what I want to do for the next couple of moments is just kind of pass on some of the ideas, not all of the ideas, some of the ideas that Jack Gropple presented at that conference, because it's been a huge blessing to my life, and it's allowed me to have more energy to lead this church, be a better father, and a better husband, and a better pastor. But before we talk about that, before we talk about that, I want to talk about a decision that you have to make before we talk about God's strategy for maximum energy. And that is the decision to present your body or to dedicate your body to God. See, you and I must do this. In your notes, this is the way I wrote it. You must decide to dedicate your body to God. What do I mean by that? Well, the Apostle Paul explained it in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies. This word present means to offer, to submit, to surrender, to give over. He says, I want you to give your bodies over to God. Offer them as a living sacrifice. He's playing off the theme in the Old Testament. If you know anything about the Old Testament, they, the Jewish people would offer sacrifices to God. They were dead sacrifices. Paul says, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to kill yourself. I want you to be a living sacrifice, okay? We're trying to live life here. I want you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Why? Because this is your spiritual act of worship. A lot of times we, we reduce worship down to singing some songs, and that definitely is part of what worship is. But you know what worship really is? It's worship as a lifestyle. Worship is taking your eating and your drinking and your sleeping and every, your everyday living and offering it to God. It's offering your body to God as a living sacrifice, saying to him, I give you my body as a tool to fulfill your will on earth as it is in heaven. That is spiritual worship. It's a lifestyle. And why would we do that? Because your body and my body do not belong to us. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You do not belong to, say it with me, yourself. You don't belong to yourself. He just spells it out for us. 
but rather, watch this, for you were bought with a price. What was the price? What was the high price that you were purchased with? You were purchased with the very blood of Jesus Christ that he spilled on the cross. He bought you. He owns you. Therefore, since he is the owner, not you, he owns your life, he owns your body, here's what I want you to do. In light of that, you must honor God with your, say it with me, your body. Who, who, who owns your body? Do you? Well, listen, if it's your body, you can put in it what you want to put in it. You can, you can do whatever you want to do with it because you're the owner. But if God owns your body and he purchased it with the blood of his son, he has the final say in what you do with your body. See, your, your body is like a lease. I know Dave Ramsey doesn't like leases and he talks about that, leasing cars. But, you know, I think at a certain time for a certain price, if you have some margin, I don't think there's a problem with leases. I know I'm going to get some emails about that. I have a lease right now, okay? But the thing about a lease is that the car is not yours. You're basically renting the car for two years or three years for the length of your lease. And then when the lease is over, what do you have to do? You've got to give it back. And if you give it back and it's, it's in bad shape and, and uh, you know, you went over your miles, what do you got to do? You gotta pay, see? It's not your car. See, that's like, that's your body. Your body has been purchased. Your, your life has been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you and I are not free to do with it whatever we want to do with it. Our body belongs to him. Therefore, in light of that, we must honor God. What does that mean? We must follow his plan. What is his plan? For maximum energy for this body. See, we make that decision to, de to dedicate our bodies to God. Now we're gonna be a lot more open to what God's plan actually is. We will surrender to it because we've offered ourselves, we've dedicated ourselves to him. So now that we've done that, hypothetically, right? In my mind, I like to tell myself that everybody does what I say. I know it's not true, but I like to play that, play that tape in my head sometimes. Let's just say you made that decision. Oh, I dedicate my body to God. Now, now you're ready to hear God's plan. Are you ready for it? Let's dive into this. What's the plan for maximum energy to fulfill God's will on earth as it is in heaven? Watch this. You must, number one, eat and drink strategically for maximum energy. Eat and drink strategically for maximum energy. This is the information that experts have passed along to me. I'm going to pass it along to you. I am not the expert. I'm, I'm the messenger. <laughs> I'm the mouthpiece. Let's talk about water. Your body is 60% water. Isn't that fascinating? Your body is... 60% water. Every system in your body needs water to function, especially your circulatory system. When your blood does not get enough water, it turns sludgy, and your heart has to work harder, and you become exhausted. The number one cause of fatigue is dehydration. And a lot of us think we get, you know, when we think of dehydration, we think of somebody who's out in the desert dying and they don't have water. No, just picture yourself in your office with the heat on or the air conditioning on and you haven't had a drop of water for three hours. You are dehydrating. You dehydrate a muscle by yourself by 3%, your muscles lose 10% of their strength. We do, we're, we're always giving off when you go to sleep. You're, you're, you're sweating. You're always losing liquid. When you go to the bathroom, you're losing liquid, and you have to stay hydrated. So that's why the experts say you need eight, eight ounces of, of water, uh, eight, eight ounces, glasses of water. You get the point. 64 <laughs> ounces of water. Now, the more research has come out recently that basically has said, you know, you need half your body weight in water. You know, you can survive 40 days without food, but you can only survive about five days at the most without water. Isn't that incredible? You have to have water. You want, you want to get a boost in your energy, just get the water that you need. And, and, and I'll tell you what, Diet Coke and Coke and tea and coffee, that those things don't count. I'm talking about straight up H2O. How's your water intake? Good? Bad? Stinky? Average? All right. 
We're going to reboot. Reboot with some water. I'm going to do it right now. You having fun yet? I am. Let's talk about food. Here's a deep thought for you. Watch this. <laughs> food, it takes food to make energy. Hello. <laughs> you know, see when you come to church, you get really deep stuff, right? When you eat the proper food, it turns into glucose. We'll get real technical real, here quick just to, you know, show you how it works. The glucose, what happens is that molecule of glucose triggers up to, if you eat the right types of food, up to 38 molecules of something called ATP. You say, what's ATP? ATP is the molecule, the energy molecule that fuels your cells. It gives your body energy. Pam Smith, who um, is so strange, she was Shaquille O'Neal's, you know, everybody know who the Shaq is? He hadn't played for a while, but you know who the Shaq is? Yes or no? Yeah, it's good stuff. She was Shaq's food coach. Crazy. I mean, she had a team of chefs that cooked every meal for him. Fascinating. When he had a game on the road, when he played for the Orlando Magic, she ordered his uh, room service. I mean, down to the detail, because his diet was a disaster. Okay, seven foot one. Imagine what the guy ate. This is what she said about ATP. Watch this. Our moment-to-moment personal energy is all about how much ATP our body is producing. That's it. So if you think about your energy level right now, you just, it's, it, all, it has everything to do with how much ATP has been, uh, been produced in your body, which, which goes back to what types of food did you eat this morning? Did you eat breakfast? Did you not eat breakfast? What did you put inside of your body? And that's why when you talk to experts about food, they're always telling you to choose foods that, of course, you're gonna, you've heard this before, you know, greens, green vegetables, fruits, nuts, and, and uh, uh, lean meat like fish and, and, uh, and chicken. These types, why do they recommend foods like that? It's because those are the types of foods that have the maximum impact for your energy. And, and that's why they don't say things like, oh, you know what? Just go get some McDonald's and, and, and chow down on some fried food. And they don't tell you that because those foods are low when it comes to producing ATP. They are, they're an energy drain to your body. So I know when I start talking about food, it's like, really? You're talking about food in church? Yeah, we are because this is God's path. This, the scientists didn't create this stuff. God made the body. He's the one. We've just discovered how it works. And so, I, you know, when I was sitting there listening to Jack Rapple talk about all this stuff and I'm pushing back, it's like, I hate spinach. I hate string beans. In fact, when I was a kid, I would take the string beans off, my, off the plate and uh, I, would chew them in my, I would chew them and spit them into my napkin and put it, up, put it on the table. Anybody ever try that trick? Well, I got caught real quick on that one, so I had to come up with a different plan. And so what I started to do was uh, uh, throw the string beans behind the microwave when my mom wasn't looking. <laughs> so one day I'm sitting there, I'm throwing them, I'm throw, she's not looking, I'm throwing, you know, she's not looking, I'm throwing, you know. And my brother, my, 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 my brother, <laughs> he caught me. He, he saw it out of the corner of his eye. I said, what was that? It's nothing. He said, Mom, Danny threw a string bean behind the microwave. Sure enough, she goes back there. There's a whole pile, not just from that meal, from for all the previous meals that I had been doing. Oh, it was a great story. Great. Mom wasn't very happy, but I understand. I don't like vegetables, okay? And here's what I have to tell you, and here's what I had to do. Ready? Just, this is profound. This is deep. After listening to Jack, this is what I had, I had to do. I had to get over it. And so I'm going to tell you the same thing. Get over it. You're leaving energy on the table by not putting the right foods in your body. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Let's talk about number two, proper exercise to get maximum energy. Look, the, the science is in on this. It's everywhere. It's available. Jack Grapple in his book, The Corporate Athlete, he, he talked about being your best. Listen to what he had to say. This is fantastic. 
He said, if you want to be the best you can be, which is, and that's what we're talking about, being the best partner with God to fulfill his will on earth as it is in heaven, right? If you want to be the best you can be, being fit, being in shape will allow you to work and play longer hours and harder than somebody who is not physically fit. It's just, it's just the way it is. Why? Because when you exercise, your heart is pumping more blood through your body. Your lungs are taking more oxygen into your, into your body. That, that, your blood is then taking that oxygen to your muscles. And, and when it's mixed with glucose, there's all kinds of uh, chemicals, positive chemicals that are produced, molecules that are produced that deliver energy to your body. People say, well, I don't have time to exercise. It's like, you don't have time not to exercise. You're leaving energy on the table. You're functioning at 60% of your capacity. Energy doesn't take time out of your life. It puts life into your time. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do too. So it's like, well, why don't more people exercise? Did you know that, uh, that 60% of Americans do not exercise? And all you have to do is do a Google search and, and say, you know, is exercise beneficial? And it's everywhere. Yeah, you have more energy. You feel better. You live longer. You, you know, you're happier. All these different things. And we don't do it. We say we're busy. We don't like it. Here's my recommendation to you. Get over it. <laughs> it's just real simple. You have, you're leaving and you're not a good partner. If you come home at 5 o'clock and you're dragging and you can't even have a conversation with your spouse because all you want to do is hit the couch or whatever, you can't engage your children or all this, you're leaving energy on the table. You're not a great partner with God. You cannot do the good deeds that he has planned for you to do. So my, uh, my encouragement to you would be to find an exercise that you like to do. You know, go back and, you know, think through, do you like to swim? Do you like to ride a bike? Do you like to play basketball? Do you like to run? Do you like whatever? And then do, the, do an exercise that you actually enjoy doing. I love playing basketball. I can't do it that much because I've got a bad knee and a bad whatever and getting older. But, man, I try to play as much as I can these days because I love it. Now my son's 14 and he thinks he can beat me and he can't. It's so much fun. But I'm exercising a lot, so I have more energy. Look, just do it. Just do it. Get out there and start exercising. Proper diet, proper exercise. Let's talk about this third one, proper rest. Some of you didn't like the first two. You'll like this one, proper rest. Okay, what am I talking about? I'm talking about getting enough sleep. Yeah, Jim, Jim Lear, he's kind of he's partners with, with Jack Grapple. He wrote a book called The Power of Full Engagement. By the way, I recommend you read all these books. They're fantastic. Jim is, an, uh, is a performance psychologist, and he's written 12 books, and he's worked with top athletes and top CEOs in the, all around the country. When he, listen to what he had to say about sleep deprivation. He said this, even small amounts of sleep deprivation have a significant impact on strength, cardiovascular capacity, mood, <laughs> You ever wonder where your mood comes from? Probably because you didn't get enough sleep. Some of you are in a mood right now. <laughs> mood and, watch this, overall energy levels. Just a small amount. We're not talking about huge amounts of sleep deprivation. Just a small amount. You know, six hours instead of seven. The, all the experts say you need seven and a half to eight hours of sleep every single night. And a power nap, if you can squeeze it in during the day, wow. <laughs> Talk about five-hour energy drink. Just do a power nap, 20 minutes. No longer, just 20 minutes. That's what happens. You, you, you cannot function at your full capacity if you're not getting proper rest. Look, if you do a little search on major catastrophes that have happened, you know, uh, what, uh, chemical explosions or things like that, you know when most of them happen? In the middle of the night. The Challenger explosion. Remember, remember the seven astronauts that died in the Challenger explosion? That decision to launch the Challenger was made after NASA officials had worked a 20-hour day. They all got together. All of them were exhausted, and they said, you know what? Let's push forward and launch. 
disaster. It's a known fact that doctors make more mistakes at night because through the night shift. Uh, factory workers make more mistakes at night. Why? Because they're tired. They're not functioning at full capacity. What happens when we sleep? I'll go back to what Pam Smith said, Shaquille O'Neal's coach, about sleep. She said, sleep is the repair shop of the body and the brain. Again, this is the way God has made the body. Okay? We're not talking about science here. Yes, we are talking about science, but science has, has, has discovered the way God has made the body. Sleep is the repair shop of the body, the process that most thoroughly restores our psychological and our physiological vitality after the strain and exertion of life. We live our days, we give, we go, we give, we go, we go, go, go. We must rest. And what happens when we rest, it's like putting the car into the shop for a tune-up. The body starts to heal itself, the brain heals itself, the bones, the, our muscles heal themselves, our body secretes hormones, growth hormones, so that we grow through the night up, up to a certain point, uh, uh, a certain age. Uh, you, ever know, you ever wonder why your teenager sleeps so much? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on in his body, her body, right? So, so sleep is like this repair shop that we put ourselves in. Every single, so when people say, well, I don't need seven hours of sleep, I get five. No, I would say you're, you're surviving on five. You're not thriving on five. You're leaving energy on the table. That's what you're doing. We must rest well. We must have a proper exercise routine. We must have a proper diet if, if we want to be a great partner with God. So here's what I ask you today. Here's what I ask you. By the way, after these talks, I give two talks, Sunday and then one on Saturday night, um, I go home and I, I rest, I sleep. I sleep probably for an hour and a half, two hours because my, I've exerted, I've talked, I've thought, I've been present and it's time to rest my body. And it's just a rhythm. And so for the last seven years, all I've tried to do is build these rhythms into my life, a proper diet, proper exercise and proper rest so I can have maximum energy. All I'm doing is passing that along to you. I haven't done it perfectly. But here's what I want to ask you today. What kind of partner do you want to be with God? A good one? Do you want to be one that, that brings a lot to the table? Or do you want to be one that you know, people, other people are having to pull you along? If you want to be the best partner that you can possibly be with God, take these ideas, put them into practice. But first, the first thing you have to do is offer yourself and dedicate your body as an offering to God. So that's my action step today. My action step today is very simple. It looks like this. Today, I am choosing to dedicate my body to you in order to do your will on earth. And if you make that decision, the, that's the core decision. I believe that you're gonna, you're gonna begin looking at your diet. You're gonna begin looking at exercise in a different way. You're gonna begin to look at, look at, at rest in a different way. You're going to look, be, begin to look at rebooting your life in a different way. Why? Because you want to partner with God to make the biggest difference in this world, to bless as many people as you possibly can in this world with the time that you have. Is this a decision you want to make? It's a big one. It's a challenge, but that's what we do around here. This is a high-challenge environment. I challenge myself all the time. When I mess up, I just keep on going. Let's, 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 let's do something we normally don't do. If, you, if you're here today and you, you heard what we had to say or I had to say, and you're ready to make this decision, would you be willing to raise your hand and say, yeah, I'll do it? Go ahead, raise it up. That's awesome. What you're saying is I'm gonna reboot my health so I can be the best partner 
with God. I can be. I'm going to say a prayer for you in just a moment, but let me say, let me say a couple more things, and then I'll pray for you. Don't get overwhelmed. Over the last seven years, I've focused in my life on just one thing at a time, working on my hydration, working on my diet, working on my sleep patterns. I didn't try to do it all at one time, and I'm still not even close to being perfect at this. We still, you know, occasionally go out to fast food restaurants and pizza, like every other family does, right? So we're not perfect at this, but I've just tried to focus my life. So without, if you say, man, I'm in, I wanna do this, my challenge would be to use, pick one area. In fact, in your small groups, you're gonna be talking about this. Which area did you pick to work on? Is it gonna be your exercise? Man, I know I need to exercise more, so this year I'm gonna do that. Is it your diet? Is it, is it your rest patterns? And focus in on that one, fix that one, and then move on to the next one. And over 2016, see what you can do in these three areas. Is that pretty cool? Is that a good challenge? Let me pray for you real quick, those of you who raise your hands, and then we'll close things out. God, you saw the hands, but beyond the hands, you saw the heart. That's where you look. You look right into our soul. You see our desires, you see our intentions. And so God, I pray for those folks right now who raise their hand, and even for those who didn't, God, that you would help them, that you would give them your grace, your strength to keep this commitment, to reboot their health, their exercise routine, their diet, their rest patterns. God, not, not so that they could look better on the beach or fit into smaller clothes, but so that they can bring their best every day to be a great partner with you, to fulfill your will on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before we close really quick, a few moments ago, I mentioned a verse in Titus chapter two. The apostle Paul said that Jesus came and gave his life to set us free from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people. Isn't that fascinating? That God wants you to be part of his family. And he was willing to send his one and only son to die on a cross so that the thing that was preventing you from becoming his child, sin and the penalty of sin could be washed away. See, on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. It's amazing so that you can be reunited with God, so that you could have fellowship with God, so that you could have peace with God. But just because all of that happened 2,000 years ago doesn't mean it automatically gets, automatically gets transferred to you. It doesn't. You actually have to embrace it. You have to actually put your confidence in what Christ did for you. You actually have to put your faith in Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you paid the penalty for my sin to set me free and cleanse me and to make me your child so I can be totally committed to good works, good deeds. You have to make that choice. You don't get into heaven because your parents went to church or because you're a good, kind of a good person or you took communion or you gave some money to the church. You don't get into heaven that way. You get into heaven by saying to Jesus, I trust you as my personal savior that you died on the cross for me. I made that decision back in 1995. Best decision of my life. Maybe this moment right now, this holy moment, is the moment where you take that step of faith and you put your faith in Jesus and you become his child. Perhaps it is. I'm gonna say a prayer and lead you in a prayer of faith. And if you'd like to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ right now, have your sins cleansed and become his child, 
If you feel God tugging on your heart right now, just say this prayer. It's not the prayer. There's nothing special about the prayer. It's the faith in your heart that counts. You pray with me right now. If you've already prayed this prayer, pray for those who are about to do it. Say this to God right now. He's listening. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid the penalty for my sin. And right now I put my confidence in you that the payment was sufficient to wash away all my sin. Make me your child. I believe in you. I trust in you. And help me from this day forward to be totally committed to the good deeds that you've prepared in advance for me to do. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed to receive Christ as your Savior on your way out, we would love to give you a five-hour energy drink on your way out. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, that would go against the sermon, see? So, but what we would like to do, if you just prayed to receive Christ, is we would like to give you a one-year New Testament. And this is so much better than a five-hour energy drink, okay? Because this, when you read the New Testament, which, by the way, is a perfect time to do this because it's mapped out according to the days of the year. So today's January 3rd, so it's perfect. You jump right in. You can read the entire New Testament in one year. Five minutes a day. You take this into your heart, take this into your mind, preferably in the first thing in the morning, and you absorb it. And God will show you what his path is for your life. He'll show you what you need to change in your life. He'll show you what his heart is like, what he's like, what his will is, what his kingdom will is. And so I want you to, if you pray to receive Christ today, there's tables back here to my right and to my left, your right and to your left. If you're in the balcony, you can come on down and grab one. And they will put one of these Bibles in your hands to, uh, if you pray to receive Christ. Can we give God glory today for what he's done? Last night, last night when I went home, my wife was serving in the children's ministry and um, she ran into somebody who was discouraged after the talk last night, 5.30. And uh, my wife was like, well, why? You know, why, what's up, what's up? What did my husband say? You know, like that. And, uh, you know, she said, well, we're going to uh, Five Guys for dinner. <laughs> and uh, so my, when my wife came home last night, when I went home last night, she said, what'd you talk about in church? I said, well, I talked about health and fitness and proper diet. And she goes, oh, <laughs> I see. Now I know why my friend, but let, let me just say this. We, we go to Five Guys. Come on, I'm not talking about being ridiculous. I'm not talking about what you do once in a while, right? I'm talking about what you do every day. Like if you go to Five Guys every day, you're in trouble, okay? <laughs> right? Financially and physically. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about what you do once in a while. I'm, it, it's what you do every day that matters. If you want different results in your life, you have to take different actions daily. Every now and then you can get an ice cream or go get a burger or whatever, right? That's okay, right? I try to follow the 80-20 rule. You know, that leaves room for some Oreo balls, okay? So, so but 80% of the time, try to make those good decisions. In the 20%, man, you get to enjoy, you know, whatever it is that God's blessed you with, okay? So, is that cool? It's exciting? All right, I hope you'll reboot your health this week, starting this week, and the year, this year is going to be the year you change your health. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to challenge ourselves, to try to live this life the, the way that you created us to live it. Full of, full of energy, full of joy, full of blessings, be both being blessed and blessing others. Thank you so much for that opportunity. God, may we follow your plan. 
May we dedicate our lives to you this year. May this year be the best year so far when it comes to our health ever. For your glory and for your honor, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Next week, you are not going to want to miss it. Week two, bring your friends. Reboot. See you then.